Welcome, welcome, welcome aboard. Yes, welcome aboard. We're fashionable. Well, it's only a minute late, but whatever. Lou and I are getting ready to talk some baseball. Nothing but fantasy. We're picking up this podcast and getting to know each other, right? Lou, we're starting to do a show together, so we're trying to figure out how each other works. Yes, this is definitely true, Andrea, and oh. I think I need to turn off my chat room there. You're probably <laughs> hearing that, so I apologize. No problem. As you mentioned, we're, 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 we're starting to learn about each other, right? So you're, you're a little late. I'm a little bad with the technology, but we're getting there. You um, know... Practice makes perfect, and that's what we're here to do. So Lenny's going to come on at 4.30. It's 4.30. It's 4 o'clock my time, Eastern, and it's uh, 1 o'clock your time, so it's kind of weird. But when I refer to time, it's the East Coast time, even though it's raining here and horrible in the summertime, and I bet it's really nice and sunny in Southern California, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to rub it in. Everything's going great today, although I did pull a Max Scherzer. I uh, slept wrong and woke up with a bit of a stiff neck this morning, so... Um, hopefully, hopefully I won't miss more than a start like him. I think he's back tonight. <clears throat> You're going to do that every day. The older you get, it happens, it just starts to happen every day. So, uh, <laughs> be thankful on the days that you don't wake up with a stiff neck. <laughs> I, I guess so. I just want to poke <laughs> some fun at that because I mean, that's, that's a funny type. I mean, I never want to hear anyone injured, but when I heard that his injury stemmed from the way he slept, um, I was surprised they even let that out in the media. I figured they would just say something along the lines of, uh, you know, he's just he's dealing with some stiffness. I, I don't think they'd get so descriptive as to say that it was because he slept weirdly. Well, you know how the media likes to get dramatic. So, no, never. Yeah. All right. Today we're going to talk about, hey, guess what? The trade deadline's coming up, and uh, it's an interesting topic because you're going to have, like, well, I checked all my leagues and Lou checked all his leagues, and we have everywhere ranging from the trade deadline being um, in middle of July all the way till basically no trade deadline in some leagues. So, But the majority of leagues, their trade deadline ends this next weekend um, or the end of August. So you're going to have – you know, one more push to pick up players, sell or not pick up, but to trade, sell, buy, do whatever you got to do. And we have some players that we think that, well, you should either buy low or sell high in a trade. It's getting down to the wire, dude. So I don't know how you're doing in your leagues, but um, in my leagues, it ranges the gamut. I have a couple where I'm like just glued to the my roster because it's so close and stuff. And I feel like I was so mad last night. I actually, the um, the waiver wires in one of my leagues goes at three, 2 o'clock in the morning, and I thought it was 3 o'clock in the morning. So I was, like, putting it off, putting it off, and all of a sudden I go in there to pick up a player, and it had already gone six minutes before that. So it was, like, at 2.06, and I missed a closer that um, I really wanted to get. I think it was Vizcaino. It's like a couple saves right now is going to put you a couple points. You know, a couple points, it matters a ton. So, hey, Donkey Teeth, nice to see you in the chat room. So, yeah, that closer would have been super healthy for me. But And then guess who got it? Cha-Cha, of all people. Damn Cha-Cha. Forget so it. that Cha-Cha. Cha-Cha real smooth. Now I'm going to have to give him Roger Davis for the closer when I shouldn't have uh, – I shouldn't even have – had to do that in the first place either way he got him i missed the i missed it and the story of my life <laughs> um let's talk about a couple that we mentioned earlier that we were going to talk about today on our list we have no more mazara so yeah i mean 
firstly, he's 22 years old. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people, fantasy baseball players specifically, a player has success at a young age, and then they have a bit of a down season or a tough stretch, and everyone changes their opinion of them so quickly. And we forget that not everyone can be a Mike Trout or a Bryce Harper. Again, he's 22 years old. Um, yeah, the home runs are down, but he does have more RBIs and doubles this year compared to last year, and he's played in 45 less games. Yeah, he well, a lot more. Well, He's played in 45 less games, and he has like 100 and something less at-bats so far this season. I mean, last season he had a full season, um, and so we're talking about like he's – he's already matched his doubles and passed his doubles from last season. So he's getting a lot of more extra base hits. And I mean, he's looking like he's about on pace to get 20 home runs like he did last season, but there are a couple things about him that is showing improvement. I mean, he's so young that I think that if you're in a dynasty league, you look at this Nomar Mazzara a lot different than you would in a redraft league. And I think that, you know, as a, in I think that he might be undervalued a little bit in dynasty leagues. Although in redraft leagues, I don't really know if I would, you know, be so ready to go out and like try to buy him low. All, you know, if I was in a, if I'm in a dynasty league though, I definitely go and try and buy him low while he's still under the radar. Cause he's showing mass potential. Yeah. From a redraft standpoint, if you have him, I wouldn't necessarily get rid of him, but it's not worth acquiring at this point. But it's just he started off so well. The first half of last year was so strong, and the last five to seven months had just haven't been at that level. So I think people have just lost a lot of patience. So as you mentioned, keeper leagues, dynasty leagues, I'd go after this guy. I think well, he's one of those guys that's going to be a 300-type hitter, 25 homers, 85 ribbies, 85 runs consistently, and he's going to be hitting in a good young lineup in a really good hitter's ballpark. Yeah, but um, you know what? people have soured on him. Why he, not take advantage? He doesn't hit lefties. That's the that's going to be his biggest, uh, you know, that's going to be his biggest trial is trying to learn how to hit lefties. I mean, if he he's hitting them worse this year than he did last year, and I don't know if that has something to do with just adjustment pitchers adjusting although he is not hitting lefties at all he he could he could literally be the type of guy that ends up in a platoon if he can't figure out how to you know figure it out and also he does hit well in that uh hitters ballpark in texas but he hits horrible on the road i don't really know what the deal is with that it's like last year it wasn't it wasn't anywhere near the split that it is this season. He's ba he's basically batting 190 on the road and 301 at home. So that's a pretty decent sized split. So here's the deal: if you're playing Nomar Mazzara in, in daily, don't play him. Only play him against righties at home, and you'll be good to go. Yeah, he definitely needs to work on his abilities against lefties. But again, that's going to come with reps. If they don't give him an opportunity to hit left-handed pitching, he's never going to improve. It's, it's much different trying to hit a lefty when you're, you know, having batting practice, doing instructional type things and trying to work on it. But you're never really going to improve unless you're given the opportunity to do so at the major league level. So perhaps if Texas continues to fall a little bit, they will give him those at bats versus lefties and try and allow him to make those adjustments because, again, 22 years old there is a lot of room for growth here still i think that he's playing i mean i'm pretty sure he's playing every day at this point he bats third in the lineup i'm almost positive i'm actually going to take a take a look at that right now but i think against lefties they have to line the shields play a number of times and i think sinchu chu gets to play carlos gomez gets to play and mazara takes a seat i think against a number of lefties 
So in the last seven games, though, he's played, it looks like he's played five out of seven. And the two that he didn't play, one against a lefty and one against a righty. So I don't really know how that, um, how, how they're figuring that out. I guess they do have Delano DeShields and Carlos Gomez to get in the lineup every once in a while. I love what Joey Gallo is doing, and I just noticed his name pop up, and I heard Lenny talking about him this morning on the show. you got to love Joey Gallo, Mr. Uh, three True Outcome Player of the Year. Oh, he's on a complete home run tear right now. Uh, something like seven or eight home runs or something in his last I don't know the exact stats I don't have them in front of me but he he's crushing everything but you just know that in the next week or so he's going to have one of those weeks where he strikes out 20 plus times Lenny says he needs help when it's his turn but I don't think he needs help he just needs to focus for a second and take 10 deep breaths and click on the green phone icon when you're ready to get on the line <laughs> right okay so Nomar Mazzara, is this a buy low? This is a buy low, yes? I would say he's a buy low candidate 100%. Obviously, again, keeper or dynasty, though. No interest from a redraft standpoint unless you already own him. Okay, Miggy Cabrera. We love Miggy. He's been, I mean, this guy is going to be definitely a fantasy uh, baseball Hall of Famer for n no question. He's had so many good seasons, so it, it's almost hurtful to, like, talk about him as, you know, thinking that you – First of all, if you have somebody that might want him, you get rid of him immediately. For me, that's what I say. I, I don't – obviously, he's not having a good season, nothing compared to the seasons that he's had in the past. I don't know if we can blame all of that on age, but the bottom line is that he's not having a good season. The Tigers are pretty much out of playoff contention, and I just don't – I don't think that anybody should be surprised if he gets to – you know, if they give him a couple more days off here and there over the next month or two of the season. Um He's only sat out twice since the All-Star break, so it's not like he's losing playing time. You know, I'm not trying to say that. I just um, look at his numbers, and I see that when a team starts to fall out of playoff contention, they will try to get a lot of at-bats for their youngsters, and that's what I see. What do you see in Miggy? You think they should buy? Well, I think all of these guys we're going to be talking about are really more for the keeper or the dynasty-type formats. Obviously, this has been a lost year for, for him, easily the worst year of his career, especially when you look. I looked into it, and in the last 13 seasons, he's only had one year outside of this year where he finished with an average below 300, and he ended up hitting 292 that year, which isn't so far off. Right. But when you see a guy like Miggy hitting in the 250s with just 13 homers and 52 RBIs in August, it's it's alarming. Um the difference is, is that because of what he's done for so long, being one of the best hitters in baseball for the last decade plus, it's really hard to give up on a guy like this. And anyone who's willing to, if they're if they're willing to give him up based on the value he has right now, I'm buying because I don't think he can be any worse than this. I do think Abe's probably caught up a little bit, but perhaps a full time move to DH for him could be in the cards. It could be something that could help him a little bit. Um, so Again. this guy is owned the, – the Detroit Tigers own him through 2023, I believe. He signed a 10-year, almost $300 million contract extension with Detroit in 2014. So that means he's either with them till 2023 or 2024. He's 40 years old – or he's 34 years old right now. He's going to be 40 years old. It's just – I don't see this contract working out for him, and that's probably what – I mean anybody that – 
even people that don't even talk baseball could probably figure out that this is not a brilliant contract at this point, and it's probably not going to end well. I definitely am not looking to buy him in a dynasty league, and if I was, I just don't, like I might, I might draft him next year in like the eighth round if he falls that far, but I'm not going to, I'm definitely not going to buy low on him, thinking that he's going to either get me through this season or help me this season or, um, Definitely not for a dynasty league, dude. That's just my opinion. Yeah, and everyone's entitled to their opinions. You're not, you're not crazy. I mean, everything you're saying is right about him this year. I mean, we know we're used to seeing this guy go anywhere from pick 6 to 12 overall. Yeah. In drafts. That's no longer the case, obviously. You can't take him after this season in a pick like that. But for him to be hitting, I, I think this is an anomaly here like 250s with 13 homers and 52 rbis i mentioned earlier that is that's not miguel cabrera you don't see a guy fall off that quickly i mean everyone's entitled to an off year here or there again i do think he needs to be moved to dh do i want him when he's 37 38 39 40 no but if i can get him at such a low value right now because if, if i drafted miguel cabrera this year or i had him going into this year he's been one of the biggest busts all year long i'm like, if I owned him, I'd probably be frustrated and willing to kind of give him away for anything I think could help me in the future. And if first base is something that you don't have much of and you have the rest of your team is relatively young, up and coming, I think it would be good to add a guy like this because if you don't have to give up a lot, there is still tremendous upside here. This is a guy who I do expect, even in a bad season, maybe not this one, but going forward, 25 homers and drive in 90 runs. I mean, the Tigers lineup hasn't been great this year. Um, okay, but be, whether it be that, whether it be his potential injury that we don't know about, whether it be the age, I mean, there's obviously a number of contributing factors here. I don't think it's just one thing. Yeah, okay, but so I, I don't think I'm willing to give up on a guy of this caliber just yet. Here's what we know about his injuries that he's had so far this season. I mean, this is just going back until April. 21st he's had problems with his okay he's had a MRI on his hip he had a groin strain he's had uh okay he's placed on the DL with the groin strain then he came back and then he had a problem with his he okay this guy's got problems all over the place I'm just scrolling through what I've seen it's hip it's groin it's oblique it's let me see if that's it well, all of those are going to affect your your production at, at the plate. That's a given. Right. So he's had a lot of injuries this year. I just, uh, of course, he's a great player. You take what you will from our two opinions. But um, it, it'll be interesting to see where he falls in drafts next year as well because he is – It's this is obviously a season to see him go out of the first round. And you can't – his his uh, on-base percentage is not as horrible. Like, I mean, it's not bad. It, he's still a play, he's still playable for sure. But it, he is definitely going to fall out of the first round, and he could fall out of the second and third round too, depending on what happens as he ends the season. Keon Broxton, here's a guy – okay, I did something so stupid. I went and I dropped Keon Broxton because he got sent down to the minors, and I was like just kind of – I wanted to pick somebody up. I thought he's – I have no place for him, you know, in this league. And so I figure I'm just going to pick somebody up and drop him. He's in the minors anyway. And, of course, 
I did that. He had just been called back up and come to find out he's going to play most of the time. They say that he's going to play most of the play. He's going to get most of the playing time in center field going forward. I'm, I wouldn't doubt that because, well, we'll see. Milwaukee, I don't think, is quite accept the, the fact that they're probably not going to get very far. But either way, here's a guy that in 300 at-bats so far this season, he's got almost 20 stolen bases. He's got 15 homers. He's... But his batting average, it's the same old song and dance. His batting average and his on-base percentage are, uh, there's a lot to be desired. They're pretty, they're pretty terrible. Yeah. I mean, he, he's hitting in the 220s right now. And it's interesting because you'd think this guy would be a youngster because this is only his first full season in the big leagues. But he's 27 years old already. It's obviously been a tough season when you look at, look at the batting average. But he's just not a guy willing to shy away from yet. He's a really good athlete. He has that power-speed combo, and next year, to me, I see him being one of those 20 home runs, 30 stolen base potential, 80-plus runs, and you got to figure, at some point, with Ryan Braun aging, the Brewers are going to continue to get younger, They'd probably have an outfield of something like Broxton, Brinson, and Domingo Santana, and I do know, I know we've talked about it before, everyone likes to talk about it, 20 home runs isn't really a huge deal anymore, and that is true. But when you couple it with 30-plus stolen base potential and the ability to score a lot of runs in an up-and-coming offense, that's a lot of value. And a lot of people are down on him because of the fact that he's underperformed to what they expected him to do this year. He's hitting at the bottom of the Brewers' order right now, but there's definitely going to be a chance for him to regain a leadoff-type spot heading into next year. And for me, if I can acquire a guy with that type of speed potential who can hit at the top of an order like this, who has the power, um, I'm all in. Um, it's one It's one of those things with him that if you're in a spot, look, I mean, his batting average and his on-base percentage, he's not going to play enough from here to the end of the season to affect – have such a negative effect on your batting average or your on-base percentage that you wouldn't want him on your team because the home runs that he's going to probably get and the stolen bases that you could that he could potentially get are going to be worth much more than what you're going to lose in on-base percentage and average. Do you agree? I definitely agree, and I, I nothing suggests he's going to do this, but maybe he hits 275 the rest of the year. Maybe he gets on a bit of a hot streak, and all of a sudden his value is even higher. Um, yeah, I totally agree. But, and like I said, I don't think that the average in the on-base percentage is going to affect, it's not going to affect your team as much as it used to. Like the, at the beginning of the season, you know, every bit counts because you don't, right now you have so many at-bats accumulated on your roster that uh, one guy hitting 210 is probably not going to affect it a ton. But if you get three stolen bases or five stolen bases from him, then he is worth having on your roster because you could probably move up one or two points in stolen bases with the lack of stolen bases that there are this season. And to me, Andrea, there's only, he's only going to go up from here from an average and on base percentage too. If not this year, then heading into the future years. And as those go up, the steals will go up because obviously the more times he's on base, the more he's going to be able to run. So if this guy can even get up to like a 250 batting average, there's going to be a lot more steals. There's a lot to be desired with the guy of, of this skill set. I totally agree. Let's talk about Lomo, Logan Morrison. He's actually, we're switching over now to sell 
are we at sell high? We already did the buy lows. Let's talk about sell high. We're at sell high. We skipped so, over. We skipped over your boy Bogarts, but I had a feeling you did that on purpose. No, I actually didn't. I didn't mean to skip over him. Uh, let's talk about him for a minute. Uh, Xander Bogarts. I, what my thoughts are on him are that um, I'm probably not going to be buying on him because only because. His stats last season, like towards the end, after the break, he really lagged a lot. He ran out of steam. He was tired. He's just, you know, fatigued. And a couple players on this list that we're going to talk about, I feel like, I know it might be kind of a something that's made up to think that a guy could be a second-half player or a first-half player. But when you see a guy getting tired in the second half, there's reason to think that he might get tired in the second half again, especially if he's had a full season and he he's been so disappointing in a lot of ways. I don't definitely don't think I mean I think he's playing under his capabilities and his ceiling is quite high for next year. I'm not going to be buying low on him, but maybe you will. I want nothing to do with him this year, which is a shame because I have him this year. Uh, but moving forward. Um, even with the tough year in the power department and with the average continuing to dip, especially since the all-star break, as you alluded to, he's only 24 years old. Um, and if there's an owner like you who might not be so high on him, I try and pry him away because he, we've seen what he can do. And to me, when he enters his prime, he's still a 17 to 22 home run caliber player. I expect him to be one of those guys who could hit 315, 320. He does have nine stolen bases this year, which, I mean, it's not a huge number. But if he can, you know, steal anywhere from 15 to 20 with that 17 to 22 home runs, hit for a high average. If he can, He's one of those guys who should be able to contribute across the board. And I do expect him to fill out, obviously, as he continues to get older. And if you're in a dynasty league, I'd be all over this guy still. I still think he's going to be one of the better and more premier shortstops in the league for years to come. Obviously, he's been moved down in this lineup due to his struggles. I think he's been hitting in the seven hole. But going back into next year, I think he'll be hitting anywhere from two to five, which will obviously up his RBI production okay. as well. So this is a guy that if I have the opportunity to buy for the future, I would do so. For this year, I don't want anything to do with him. Okay. Logan Morrison. Um, here's what I think of Logan Morrison. I love the fact that he's at his career high, 28 home runs. I mean, I'm happy for the guy. If I have an opportunity to sell him and get – I mean – the thing is, if you do sell Logan Morrison, you are giving up power. You're giving up home runs. If you, This all depends on what you need. Lenny was talking with me earlier about these buy low and sell highs. It's really hard. Every single one of these at this point in the season, it matters what, what you need more than any other time of the season. I know we harp on that all year long. Like You need to do what works best for your team, you know, obviously. But it gets this gets more and more true as the season goes on. And right now, it's as true as it's ever going to be. If you are in a spot with home runs that you can afford to give up you know several and to get back what you need maybe stolen bases maybe a pitcher maybe whatever it is I would definitely sell him I I think that Logan Morrison in total seven years um, in the majors I don't think that he's ever he might have had one full season of at bats and I'm talking that's like 500 at bats any I mean maybe not even that so the fact that he's at 363 already I feel like there's a good potential for this to just have a steep drop off and just basically stop. Like his power could just stop any day. So if you can get back what you need in order to move up in category points, that's what you do with Logan Morrison. What do you think about him? I think this has been a bit of a flash in the pan. I give him all the credit in the world for what he's done. 
He's turning 30 years old in a few weeks. He has set a career high in walks, homers, runs. He's going to break his career high in RBIs, but he's never come even close to this order of production. The closest he came was all the way back in 2011. And he was with the Marlins, which has been followed by mediocre seasons in Miami, Seattle, and then even Tampa last year. So to give you an idea of how consistent he's been in his career, I think this is his eighth season, and he has over a quarter of his career home runs this season. That's awesome. Yeah, he's he's. I, there's. So what does that mean for you, though? What does that mean? You you think that you should? It sell? means that he's just having. I feel like he's just having one of those years where think everything's going right but I don't think it's very sustainable I think he's been cooling down lately as well and if I could sell him um, if, if, if I need saves if I need strikeouts if I need something on the pitching side and there's someone who's lacking a first base or some for some power I try and sell him because if he continues to slide a little bit has another bad week or two um, the value might drop to where you're not going to be able to sell him at all Right, I agree totally, and you don't have much more time to sell them anyway. So, let's move on. Alex Wood. Alex Wood is okay. He's 26. He hasn't even really hit his peak. They say 27 is the best age. You know that you actually have grown into all of your talent, and you're not too old yet. So it's like the good middle point in your career in baseball. He's he's having a phenomenal year that's the truth and i'm not going to take that away from him but last season he only pitched 60 innings now this season he has pitched 104 innings okay now the reason that i'm not that i'm not as concerned as normal uh with this is that the years before like 2014 and 2015 he reached nearly 200 innings so the fact that he didn't pitch uh, that many this last season that doesn't scare me as much as if he would have never pitched uh, close to a full season before in his career um, although here's one thing about him there is some fatigue going on here and the Dodgers refuse to bench him they refuse to let him rest they even came out and said it he came out and said after his last start that he was feeling fatigued and they basically have said that don't expect him to miss his next start because he's pitching yeah, see, I, I think that's a mistake, especially with the lead they have in the NL West. This guy is going to be so important for them come playoff time as their number three starter or even number two starter, wherever they decide to put Darvish. Um, so I would try and give him a rest. But what's so interesting about him is prior to this year, he had one season with a record of over 500. He's had one season with his ERA sub three. And, I mean, this is obviously a breakout season for him. It doesn't hurt that he pitches in L.A., which is pretty friendly towards pitchers he's on a really good team i mean he's 13 and one with a with a k per nine well above one um okay listen his first all-star game his value is as high in my opinion as it's ever going to be so he's i don't know what he did in the minors because i only have his stats pulled up for the major leagues and i will tell you that he's had some decent seasons i mean his first full season in the majors he had like a 2.78 era um, and, and so to me, and he's had 3.84 and last year he had 3.73 right now. He's got a 2.33. I couldn't agree more that his value is the highest it's ever going to be. And who knows what's going to happen because he's feeling fatigued. The Dodgers are not listening to that BS and they're pitching him anyway. So anything could happen. If I have the opportunity to sell him with a 2.33 ERA and a 102 whip, I'm doing it. Absolutely. 13 and one. Although, I mean, there's one thing I do. You, you, 
there's no denying the fact that uh, the Dodgers are they're they get runs, and so when you have a guy on a team like this, it adds to his value. The fact that he's pitching for the best team in baseball. It does, but they may not be the best team in baseball next year or the year after. So again, keeper or dynasty, he may not ever have value of, of this magnitude. So if I'm if I like if it's me, if I own him and I don't, unfortunately, because I'd be doing even better than I am in my leagues. Um, I'm the type of person that likes to sell high on players. I prefer to be proactive rather than reactive. Um, the fatigue is concerning to me. The fact that there's not a lot of consistent starting pitching out there, so there's probably a need for him in a number of places on other teams. I think I could get a huge haul for him. Right. So you definitely could get a huge haul for him. This all depends. I mean, when you talk about Dynasty Leagues, it's like I start to think about it in a completely different way. I mean, although for me, I'm not going to be putting as much energy into the age of Dynasty teams and players as most people do because I don't believe that the – you know, saving, buying the best prospect and making sure that all your players that you pick up are not over the age of 27. It's, it's not realistic to win ever. You got to try to win now. You don't want to try to win in four years. If you don't have a choice, but to win in four years, you still try to win. You still, you don't say, I'm not going to trade for a guy that's 30 because he's not young enough for your dynasty team. If he's going to fill in gaps that you might have for next year, you definitely go after uh, whoever is the age until they're over 30, the age is not going to make that significant of a difference, except for the fact that rookies are so much more unreliable than guys that have had more experience. Um, I think Lenny. That's true. That's true, Andrea. But at this point in the year, this is the time where you know if you are going to be competing this year or if you're not. Yeah. And if you're not, then it's time to be proactive a little bit. I think we should skip Eduardo Nunez. I don't think I don't so. Even Okay, if you think, just to me, I kind of just threw him on there because of how hot he's been. I don't know if I would sell him, though, because he has been so good, and he has that speed potential, too. But if you think he's worth a sell high, then tell us why. Well, I don't think he's actually worth a sell high. I think he should have been in, in – I don't even know where he should have been, but here's how I feel about him. Lenny and I actually have two different opinions, and that's part of the reason why I wanted to bring it up because his opinion is completely different than my opinion, and it, either one could totally be right. I mean, you know, probably his, but I'd like to think mine. Either way. Oh, um, yeah. Lenny, I think I hear you. Okay. Lenny? Hello. Hello? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear we you. Hear him. So, oh, fantastic. I didn't know if I was there or not. How are you doing? Well, I can hear you. Made you. it. Okay. And I'm sure everybody else can hear you, too. <laughs> I'm glad you made it, though. Listen. Yeah, well, I don't know what I was doing. I'm pressing buttons. I almost wound up in Yugoslavia. Okay. Eduardo Nunez is who we're talking about right at the moment, and it's probably good that you came on because I was telling the listeners that you have a different opinion than mine. My opinion is that the, the read. The reason that I think I would not be selling or trying to get rid of Eduardo Nunez is because I don't think he's going to lose playing time to Rafael Devers. I definitely think that Rafael Devers' playing time is completely based on what Rafael Devers does. And Eduardo Nunez is going to play all over the place, so he will fill in for Dustin Pedroia. He will fill in for whoever. He can play all over the dang place. And the one good thing about him is that he's durable and he's reliable. He bats uh, with a great average. He has a fairly good on base percentage and you know last year he did the same thing the year before that every year I mean for the last three seasons he bat has a great batting average he gets on base and 
Like last year, he stole 20 or 40 bases. He's not going to steal 40 bases, but we know that he will steal bases. We know that he will hit a few home runs. You got to love. Um, Andrea, he already has three in just nine games since coming to Boston. Yeah, in the last seven days, he's had four. He hit four doubles, two home runs, nine RBIs, and three stolen bases in seven days. Now, I don't think he's going to continue to do that. But does that mean that I sell high? I don't know. I don't think I sell him because I think that I like his experience, his his ability to play everywhere. I think that the Red Sox are going to use him every day. Lenny thinks that he's going to lose playing time to Devers. Lenny, go ahead and explain that. Well, first of all, uh, you, know, you, you talked about Joey Gallo before. I just want to say he's got 30 home runs and 64 hits this year. So how about that? Anyway. <laughs> oh, that's uh, great. Almost 50% of his hits are yeah, home runs. Yeah, that's unbelievable. And he hit 280 uh, for the last 15 games. But here you go. Now, they got Pedroia at second. They got Bogarts at short. They got Devers at third in the outfield. We know Benintendi, Bradley, and Butts, uh, Betts. Uh, he is going to, he's not going to be, he's not going to be penciled into the lineup in the same place every day. He may rest. He may go in from Pedroia or Bogarts who's banged up or Devers. But here's the thing at this stage of the game with only uh, a month and a half left to play, uh, you have to, if you don't need stolen bases, then it doesn't matter. You trade him for whatever. If you, if you need stolen bases and you can get them, you definitely just get them and hope for the best. But you, Not a lot of guys around. Now, if you're talking about for the future, I don't see him having a big year next year for in, for Boston. Why? I see him being that super utility player. Why is that? A- but being a super utility player doesn't necessarily hurt your fantasy value, actually, like Josh Harrison. I mean, I think that he's a fine ad, and he's never had a full-time job, and that's because they well, he's like— he's got one now, so— well, he's got one now because Pedroia is on the DL. If Pedroia didn't hit the DL, who knows yeah. if he even would have gotten all this playing. Well, I'm... Once Pedroia comes back, yeah, he could spell Devers. He could spell Pedroia. He could spell Bogarts. I remember him playing some outfield when he was with the Yankees. I mean, maybe if there's a lefty on the mound, Ben He played left or, field. He played left field. You're right. Jay sits the odd time against a lefty, and they get Nunez in that way. He would so play. He might not lose the playing time, but he could. Well, he he could lose it. This is all going to be dependent on Devers because Devers is a rookie, and the Red Sox are trying to get into the playoffs. And and in order to get into the playoffs, you rely on not a rookie. You rely on a guy that's actually has some experience. That's just to me. He's Andrea, hit. Here's the thing. I'm surprised though. to hear you say that though. Because remember when they brought up Xander Bogarts when he was a rookie? What did they do? They went to the World Series and won. Okay. That's fine, but I don't think that – I mean, I don't know what that really has to do with the fact that they're going to rely – I don't think that they got Eduardo Nunez to sit him on the bench. They know he can play third base. They don't know if Rafael Devers is going to make it at third base. He's got three home runs in 35 at-bats. That's super. But – We'll see what happens. I, I could, in my mind, I see Devers taking a face dive and, you know, after the newness wears off for a minute, and then they're going to rely on Eduardo Nunez. But until then, he's going to find playing time at all the, definitely at first base, second base. He's already played. Um, Let's se- talk about what's really going to happen. Yeah. If you're in the market for a player who can give you five to ten stolen bases, you grab him. Simple as that. He's going to get it somewhere. Do you sell They're him? They're not going to. If you don't need the steals, you sell them. If you need the five to ten stolen bases, you keep them. That's all. That's what it comes out to. It's about the categories. 
put a blindfold on the players. You don't even know their names. Just look at what uh, what categories they contribute to. So if you need the steals, you keep them. If you don't need the five or ten, you sell them. Okay, and if that's I got what it. you need, you it's simple. Okay, it could be Nunez, Jason Harrison. Vargas. It could be it Humphrey Bogart. Let's move right. on. He's, so um. right now. He's lighting up the statue right now. This is the time to move him if you want right. to try and move him to someone who needs steals. Okay. But yeah, Jason Vargas. Um, Let's talk about- my thing on Vargas is obviously he's been a great story, easily having the best season of his career. Um, if you look at just the numbers overall, they look pretty. 13 wins, ERA just over 3, 1.23 whip. But he's never shown that type of success previously. And if you look at his last 30 days – the ERA is closer to six. The whip's over 1.70. And the most alarming thing about those last 30 days is nine walks in 18 innings and more than a hit per inning in those innings, which is going to be a recipe for disaster, which obviously explains that ERA. Yeah, I totally sell Vargas. I've been selling Vargas since the first day of the season, which I never owned him, and I probably wouldn't. But I still think this – I mean, people are buying into the season that he's having, which is fine. He's having a good season. He's He's got, I mean, a 3.10 ERA over the season. He's made 21 starts, so you can't complain about that. I definitely don't think that this is going to continue. How can I – eventually you have to accept the fact that a guy is doing what he's doing. But here's the thing about Vargas. This is just a short-term – this week he lost his two starts. Maybe he'll get two starts next week, or maybe they just – that's over for him until for another – Till the end of the season, because, you know, to get his two-star week, you have to wait five weeks to get it. Now, he's not going to do it today because he they, the game got rained out on Saturday. This game should be made up. I don't know when it will be made up, but he's not. He's definitely not going to get the start today. Ian Kennedy is starting. They don't. They haven't really announced their plans moving forward. But one of the rumors that I mean, they have six starters now, and their rotation could really be a six-man rotation going forward. We'll have to see, but. What do you think, Lenny? Well, I think we can't overthink it. Uh, Jason Vargas started the year very hot. He uh, a lot of players have a hot streak at some point during the year. Right. He had he had an extended hot streak, and then he cooled off, came back down to earth, and right now this is what he is. It is rare that a pitcher or any player gets off so hot, then gets cold and gets hot again. So he's not the same player. All yeah, right. I, I, I think he's I think he's on the decline for the remainder of the year. So if you can sell him simply on the fact that he has a good stat line for the year, he's pitching for a contending team like the Royals who play good defense in a pitcher's ballpark, and sell it to a guy or an owner, I should say, Andrew, because you're a woman and you play tons of fantasy sports. Um, if they need a starting pitcher, then... I never realized that. Then, then absolutely move him because... If he has another bad start or two in the next few outings, you won't be able to move him at all. Totally agree. I mean, him and a whole group of other guys. So, yes, you got to sell high on this guy before you lose the opportunity. I totally agree. Now, so that's probably going to do it for a buy low, sell high part of the thing. You know, the whole trade deadline is different on every league. Hopefully by now you've looked at your trade deadline and you know what's going on. And there is one – there is probably an opportunity for one last big trade that could – help you win the league. I don't know. You know, it just depends on how active you guys are at trading in your league. But it's fun, you know, and it's going to be your last opportunity. So take advantage of it and try to find players that people have sitting on their benches and they can't fit them into their team, you know. that's That would be what I would do first and foremost. But, Lenny, we have you on because when I was talking to you about buying low and selling high, 
you wanted to bring up a couple players that are actually, you know, going, their playing time is changing. So they're getting more playing time. The, the group that we picked out to talk about today, Jesse Winkler is Jesse Winker. The thing about Jesse Winker. Anyway, <laughs> Jesse Winker, he, <laughs> he's, he's a cousin to Willy Wonka, by the way. So he plays pretty much every day. He's played six out of the last seven games. He's uh, batting. He, he was batting second, although yesterday they had him batting seventh. I don't really know how that's going to work from now on. But maybe you could tell us. Well, uh, three years ago, he won the batting title in the Arizona Fall League. He's not a home run hitter, but he does have the potential to hit double figures. He's a line drive hitter. He's going to get the playing time. Scott Shevler's on the DL. I Cincinnati is now. Go ahead. I don't understand how we could say that he has power because he's not like in the minor leagues this season he hit two home runs all the year 299 at bats two two home runs to say this Andrew, guy, he said Andrew he said he's not going to be a power hitter he's a line drive hitter okay so he's not a power hitter is he a stolen base guy no what is he for fantasy a nothing more than a complimentary offensive player without the steals right now he's not going to help you he's just going to be a bat in there He's the kind of player that you put in if you have a player that's not playing, who is injured, or you have a dead spot. Simple as that. He's not a very productive fantasy player. But for a keeper league, he could develop into, uh, I'll call it, Christian Yelich without the stolen bases. And he, he cut, he's, he's not a little kid. He's, uh, you know, he's got, if you, I saw him, uh, like I said, in the Arizona Fall League. Uh, he's not a skinny little nothing. Six he's three. Gonna, they, yeah, yeah, they, he's six three, two fifteen. Yeah, they expect him to hit double figures in home runs, just like Christian Yelich started to do, but he doesn't have the speed. So it's a nice player for the future. He's one of those people that they call a professional hitter. So yeah, I mean he just his size alone says that he should hit for some power. His yeah. stats kind of disagree he did hit 13 home runs in double a in 2015 but that's double a yeah. and i just don't see him hitting even five you know whatever i to say that his because he's huge means that he's going to be a good power hitter that's kind of well, uh, faulty that's like uh dj lemayhew he was he six four two something he doesn't hit home runs but keep in mind that double a in many cases is tougher than triple a in AAA, you got a lot of players coming down from the majors going into AAA. In AA, you got players that are going up. You don't have a lot of former major leaguers in AA. They all go to AAA and they hang out. But uh, the AA is as tough as AAA, believe me. Ryder Jones, we have. Uh, or Lou, did you want to add anything to? I agree with you too on the AA thing. That that makes a ton of sense. Lou, do you have anything to add on Wink, Winker, Mr. Winker? Well, I was just going to say, first, that Lenny's totally <laughs> right. The, the, the AAA... Andrew uh, likes the Winker thing, right? I think the International League and the PCL are both known as offensive um, leagues. So the numbers in AAA might not be that um, that telling. With regards to Winker, the only thing I have to say on him is I knew nothing about him. I was playing DFS, looking for a cheap option, threw him in. He happened to hit a home run. I was happy. Um, but that's all I really know of him. I like him because of that. So another guy on the list here today is Ryder Jones. This would be the San Francisco third baseman who was recently called up. But um, 
Lenny wants to talk about the playing time change, and I do see that they also called up Pablo Sandoval, which may or may not mean anything. But um, so I also know that he could be moved to first base with Brandon Bell out with a concussion. So we'll see what happens when all three of Brandon Bell, Pablo Sandoval, and Ryder Jones are healthy. But he's hit 13 home runs in uh, AAA this season, and definitely this guy seems like he can hit for power. San Francisco is completely uh, – fallen out of the running and that means that they'll probably give um playing time to Ryder jones and the rest of their youngsters he's 23 years old what do you have to say lenny well you know he was up a little while ago he didn't do very well his first go around but he will get the opportunity as you mentioned with belt out on the concussion he could play they're not going to play they're not going to play pablo sandoval over him that's for sure they're going to see what they got along with Jared Parker, who... Did you see that throw he made yesterday? I mean, he threw the ball home to catch a tag, a guy tagging up. It was a bang-bang. As soon as the player, I forget who the player was, slid into home plate, the ball arrived at the same second. It was just fantastic. Austin Slater is another guy who they have who's hurt right now. He'll come back. The Giants, it's time for the Giants to see what they got. Austin and uh, Ryder Jones will get playing time. Yeah, and so will Jarrett Parker, and so will uh, pretty much anybody but Pablo. <laughs> Even though Pablo's yeah. in the best shape of his life, I'm sure. Yeah, so am I. Right. Yeah, pa- Pablo's always in the best shape of his life, right, Andrea? Exactly. Um, with with Ryder Jones, um, I mean, they obviously have high hopes for him. He was a second rounder in 2013, and I believe he can also play some outfield. I don't know if either of you guys mentioned that. Yes, so, he does. Um, yes, yeah, so there's there's – versatility there as you guys mentioned he could play third he could play first he can play outfield you'll get him in there regardless and they'll probably yeah. be able to find a, a permanent more permanent position for him moving forward but he'll get his bat so he's definitely worth a look especially in deeper formats yeah and Jarrett parker too right lenny you kind of like Jarrett parker he hits and, for good you know, power yep and, and mac williamson will come up and get the, and get a look austin slater will come up uh look the giants have quite a few guys that they have to determine if they're players or they're not players, the Giants are going to be active in the offseason. Although with Madison Baumgartner and, and Jeff Samarja, and hopefully they'll keep Johnny Cueto, that's not a bad that's not a bad three to start the pitching staff and build around it. So uh, the Giants are going to need some offense. All right, so you have Dominic Smith on this list, and as far as I knew, I didn't think that they called him up for the Mets yet. So um, not yet, not yet. Well. But beware of Dominic Smith, all right? Everybody's talking. Even uh, Jim Bowden can't wait for Dominic Smith to come up. I read an article. Yeah, Jim Bowden can't wait for Dominic Smith. Okay, the guy's had 444 bats. He's hit 16 home runs. To me, that's just, you know, hello. It's Everybody hits 16 home runs. People like... Freaking Ben Revere will probably hit more than 10 home runs. I don't know. That's that's an exaggeration, you know. But get my point that's here. That's an exaggeration. But, Andrea, last year in AA, and we discussed AA could be just as difficult, maybe the home runs weren't there, but the RBIs were. He had 91 RBIs last year. So, clearly, this is a guy who can drive in runs. And well, why don't... Whether he hits, whether he hits 
10 home runs or 17 home runs if he's driving in runs, hitting in the middle of the border, hitting for a pretty good batting average. I don't know if he'll have an over 300 average in the major leagues. He gets on base, though. I mean, this is going to be a guy who can produce in the middle of a lineup and drive in runs. He's definitely shown with extra base hits increasing over the last three seasons that he is learning how to hit and make better contact with the ball. And that's really what you want to see his um, – I mean, this is all minor league stats, so we don't even know what could happen to the guy when he gets to the majors. It'll be another th- – it's a completely different world in the major leagues. And um, But the RBIs, that's all based on who's in, hitting in front of you in the lineup and whether or not they can get on base. So I try not to use RBIs as a way to tell if a guy can hit in runners. Obviously, he can hit runners in if they're on base. But he – what I do like about him is his on-base percentage. I do like his batting average. I like his plate discipline. I think that he will be fine – Although, you have to not forget, there's no experience there. He strikes out 17% of the time, which isn't huge. We'll see what he does. He could strike out 30% of the time at the major league level. We just don't know. The Mets Who are you talking are- about? Oh, Dominic Smith. Can I just say one thing about this guy? I hope you do. Bill Madden, who is a uh, Hall of Fame writer, uh, wrote in the Daily News last week. Now, do you remember, Andy, when we went to uh, Binghamton? And we saw the Mets farm team. We saw Ahmad Rosario. Mm-hmm. You remember when we saw Dominic Smith and the first reaction we had? No. Big, I... fat, slow, tub of lard. What? And I don't think yeah, that of anybody. That's exactly what he was. And we talked about that. And I said, I can't believe this guy's a prospect. He looked like he had a pot belly. He had no no life to him. He had no uh, he had nothing. And, he, and, yeah, he's he's a line drive hitter who's, don't forget, he's playing in Las Vegas, so his numbers are inflated. Bill Madden wrote in his column just a couple of days ago that this guy is lazy and fat. Okay. And he doesn't give him much of a chance of even making it in the major leagues. And based upon what we saw, and I remember, I agree with that. Okay, listen, um, Stephen Piscotty was optioned to AAA today just a little bit ago. Yep. We have a message in the chat room basically that um, Dexter Fowler is coming back, so they needed to make room, and this guy hasn't been good since he came off the DL. He's batting 176, and they just don't need him in their lineup. They have plenty of other people. They got Randall uh, Guy Grychuk and Jose Martinez, too, which is another guy that you brought up earlier this afternoon, right, about getting more playing time. Uh, well, not Jose Martinez, but uh, Harrison Bader and Magnaris Sierra. The, uh, Sierra looked great. He's a great defender. When he was up for a brief period of time, he was a spark plug. He did everything right. They're excited about him, and they're also excited about Harrison Bader. And this just goes along with what I was thinking uh, this morning uh, when we talked about this. Piscotti, who was not good in, in the preseason, he couldn't even hit. There's something going on with Piscotty that I thought he was going to be a terrific player. Something not right with him. So keep in mind, Harrison Bader, Magnara Sierra, those two guys are going to get time. And I think they'll be looking to, to ship out Randall Grychuk in the offseason. Okay, so Piscotty, though, I don't know how much it affects Harrison Bader, but I do think that this move affects Jose Martinez because this guy has been starting like, lately and he is – uh, he plays the same position as Piscotty. So you got Randall Grychuk and Jose Martinez. They can both see time in right field. Um, and who knows how long Piscotty will be down there. But Harrison Bader you bring up. I liked him last week, but I don't even see him on the depth chart right now as I'm looking. 
He's in the minors. Okay. He's in the minors. But here's the other thing that we sometimes forget. When you see a guy like Jose Martinez, good hitter, the whole thing. But the Cardinal, one of the reasons the Cardinals are in so much trouble is defensively they've been awful this season. And defense counts. And Bader and Sierra are much better defensive players than Martinez. Believe me when I tell you, they're going to get an opportunity to shine. All right. Well, it, it just helps if they're in the major leagues to recommend them. You know? Well, they, yeah, they will be. In Guys, the Dominic league. Smith is definitely a big guy because I'm six feet and under 200 pounds. He's six feet and 240. Yeah. And Dominic that's losing 25 pounds. He so looks... Yeah. It says 185. Are we? Does he lying about his weight and stuff like a he, chick? No, he was 230, and then he lost weight, and they said he was 185 at the beginning of the season. I wouldn't be surprised if he Pablo Sandoval didn't put it back on. So Dominic Smith should get the call-ups, but you know how the Mets are. They took him forever to get Rosario up here. I don't know if that means anything for Dominic uh, Smith or not, but... We'll see what the Mets do. It's so hard to rely on a guy like this that hasn't even, number one, made his uh, Major League debut. And right. number two, whether or not the Mets are going to call him up is always an iffy question. Okay, let's move on. You like Magnaria Sierra. That's Cameron right. Perkins. Well, Cameron Perkins, you know, uh, Aaron Alther is back on the DL with the same injury that he had a couple of weeks ago. And I think they're going to keep him on the DL for a while. Cameron Perkins, he wasn't expected to get playing time. Let's put it this way. They're not calling up Dylan Cousins. Tommy Joseph can't play the outfield. Rice Hoskins cannot play the outfield, or Reese or Rice, whatever he is. Uh, Neither one of those can play the outfield. So Perkins will get playing time until uh, Aaron Alther comes back, if he does. I think Perkins gets it over uh, Daniel Nava. But um, once... uh, yeah. Once Alther comes back, then Perkins will go to the bench unless he's hitting. So you got Odubel Herrera, Nick Williams, and then Cameron yeah. Perkins in right field. Right. That's probably mm-hmm. true. So yeah. here's a guy though that has very little experience in the majors. Again, he's but he's 26. So he spent, he was drafted at 21, and he spent all this time. I mean, he's had three years at AAA now. So he should, if he's as ready as he's ever going to get. Although I just don't like the fact that. He has no play discipline at the major league level. He hasn't displayed any so far, but what are we going to do? It's only 58 at-bats. I'm not saying that's how he's going to be. Maybe you'd be better off looking at his minor league stats to figure out what he's going to hit. I mean, this is not a big sample size here. Are you talking about Cameron Perkins? Yeah. He's not a big-time player. Gets you a couple of steals. He's kind of a a number two leadoff hitter. Nothing to go crazy about. Just a play to fill in. Your boy Jacoby Jones. Wait. Lou, do you have anything to say about Perkins or? No, you guys hit it right on the head. There's nothing that really stands out to me or excites me okay. at all. Jacoby Jones, Lenny, I know you've been liking this guy for a couple of years now. Is this it's time for your boy to come up and make a difference or what? Yeah, and then we're going to play him at the beginning of the year, but he had some problems at the play. He's had problems off the field, you know, uh, growing that stuff and the whole and all the deal. But doing what? Well, look, uh, never mind. Are they going to be playing? Yeah, with he was eating too many of your cookies. Was he growing weed? Uh, no, he was eating your Andy's cookies. Okay. Well. Anyway, so they got uh, Jacoby was going to play uh, center field, and uh, now they got uh, he'll be back playing center field. They're not going to go with Andrew Romine or or Mickey Matook in the future. They got Cal uh, Candelario going to play third base, and uh, look, I think Jacoby Jones. And oh, and by the way, Victor Martinez is just about out of baseball. Oh, that's too bad. It's too bad. Yep. 
One guy in the chat room. He's had a great career, but he's been breaking down, Victor. I'm surprised he lasted as long as he did. Yeah, you're right, Lou. Talking about Aaron Alther, um, somebody in the chat room said that they picked up Alther for like a dollar at the end of the draft, which is definitely a good pickup. It's unfortunate that we don't have a clue what what he's going to do from here on out. Well done, Mr. Box Scores. Yes. That is a serious pickup. Good job. I won't even say what what Donkey Teeth is commenting because his stuff is vulgar and we don't. <laughs> vulgar? We, Let me go into the chat room. What we say? We don't use vulgarity in this uh, effing podcast. Oh my god. Okay. Efflin podcast. Who else, Lenny? We're out of time soon. Let's talk about a couple more of these guys. You got Franklin Barreto, uh, yep. Matt, and Matt Olson, Olson, which we talked about last week or the week before. Yep. Love Matt Olson. He's still getting playing time, right? And Alfonso, you know, the, uh, uh, what's his name, Alfonso, uh, uh, Yonder Alonso. He was traded, so opens up first base, home run hitting. Uh, Matt Olson, he hasn't really looked good. His stock is down, but uh, he'll get absolute playing time. And don't forget, all you people waiting for Austin Meadows to get the call up, as we say in uh, in the Bronx, forget about it. He's not getting called up. So Why? Don't be disappointed. Well, Lenny, just while has- we're on Oakland, and yeah. young, young guys with some power. What about Matt Chapman, their third baseman? You yeah, well, you know, he's batting close to 200, but he's, you know, he's hit some home runs. The Knoxville team, or Nashville, I forget which one, Nashville, I think, uh, is, the Arizona, is the Oakland uh, minor league uh, AAA or AA team, and they were either number one or number two in, in total home runs this year in the minor leagues. So Chapman will hit home runs. Olsen is part of that team. He'll hit some home runs. Franklin Barreto, he's going to be a star, and he's going to he's going to get some playing time as well. All right. Anything else? What about pickups? Did we just talk about the pickups? I don't even know if we gave any good pickups. Did well, I we? want to ask Lou a question. I yeah. want to ask Lou a question. Okay. All right. Lou, Lay it on me. I spoke about this this morning on the podcast. I am predicting that if you have an opportunity, get Jacoby Ellsbury. Oh, geez. Frazier is now beginning to – I didn't think Frazier was that good. I don't mean Todd Frazier. I'm talking about the outfield. What's his name again? Adam. Uh, well, Todd Frazier's Clint. not very good. Clint Frazier. No, Todd, Clint Frazier. Yeah, Clint Frazier. What is he? He's, he's really slumping now. I say that Ellsbury gets his job back down the stretch. The Yankees looking to do it. Uh, I think they'd rather Lenny, do it with Ellsbury. Lenny, I rarely disagree with you. Okay. But I have a feeling that Clint is going to stick around until Aaron Hicks is ready to come off the DL. Uh-huh. Because Hicks has been playing a bunch of games in the minors. He looks to be almost ready. I think right. when Hicks comes back, Frazier gets sent back down. And Ellsbury remains that fourth outfielder with Hicks okay. taking over. Yeah, so. Here's my opinion. Because I'm going to be this tiebreaker here. And I have to get my opinion in. Because that's how I work. Okay. I, l- I lose. Guess yeah. what? That's what? so not nice of you to say. That's not I'm true. I'm sorry. Ellsbury signed a seven-year, $153 million contract with the Yankees in 2013. He is stuck with them, owned by them, and they are not – I don't think that they're going to play – they're going to play him if he's stealing bases, which I think he's doing lately. I think he's actually – what's he been doing, Lenny? The last seven games, he stole two bases, three the last – So he's – okay, but they're totally not pleased with him either in New York right now. But if they have to sit somebody, I don't think it's going to be Ellsbury. I think that they're just – this is what they're paying him to do, and if he's doing it, they're going to find a place to put him. I agree with you. Lou – a little uh, wager on this thing here when we get to L.A. You could, you could pay me because I think Andy hit that right on the noodle. 
Uh, I think they want Ellsberg to succeed so they can get rid of him and for something. And I think, you know, this is just, it's just a gut feeling. He has been so good over the years that now's the time for Ellsbury to have his uh, two weeks in the season, and I think he'll get it. He's pretty much stunk for the To Yankees. me, guys, the only way, guy and gal, I should say, the only way Ellsbury gets the point <laughs> guys, is, if that, is, if the, um, is if the Yankees decide to start using one of the outfielders as a DH because a whole holiday clearly isn't hitting anymore. He's on the DL now. If they want to start doing some sort of rotation, with Judge, Gardner, Ellsbury, it's D8 spot. I see mm-hmm. it. But I think when Hicks comes back, they like Hicks in that two-hole uh, as a switch hitter. Just as much speed as Ellsbury, if not more. Better oh, defender, better arm. And, um, I mean, if the Red Sox were willing to get rid of, of Sandoval for nothing and keep that contract, I don't see why the Yankees wouldn't be willing to do it with Ellsbury starting next year. And It's um, so funny, though, because Hicks was on the DL for 10 days, like two months ago or three months ago. The guy, who knows when he's ever going to come back. We might not even get to figure out who wins this oh, bet. Oh, he's already hitting. He's already hitting. He's, he's been hitting. really good in his rehab starts. When did he start his rehab? Um, earlier in, maybe late last week. I know he went two for three last night, I think, with a double or a triple. He's a good ball player. The Yankees are much higher on him than they are on on Ellsbury. So, to me, Hicks is going to be the guy to get that playing time. And having guys like Ellsbury and Gardner both in the lineup is not a recipe for success. The Yankees lineup, outside of yesterday against the Indians, has actually been struggling lately. And in my opinion, it's because Ellsbury's been forced to be in it. Well, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm, so I'm gonna. I know you hate him. You can tell. You totally hate him. That's okay. Um, I. The thing about it is that for me, again, I'm saying the Red Sox, the Yankees. These are two teams that are trying to do their best to get into the playoffs. So, whoever's hitting, whoever's stealing bases, whoever's getting it done, that's who they're gonna go with. That's my opinion. So it depends. I mean, is Jacoby Ellsbury just having a good day? Is he gonna stub his toe tomorrow and be out for the rest of the season, like miss half of next year because of it? We don't know because he'd like I to... wouldn't mind personally if that happened. That would probably be the best thing for you because you don't really want to find room. But as long as he's healthy, I think they're going to they're going to try the hardest to get him in the lineup. Aaron Hicks is so you he might be playing, but who knows when he's ever going to come back. Him and Bird. It's worth Bird, mentioning, though. Freaking it is Bird. It's worth mentioning, although it doesn't necessarily mean anything. You it's guys worth got mentioning, though, that Ellsbury lost his job earlier in the year to Hicks because Hicks was playing well. He lost his job. Remember when he had a confrontation with Joe Girardi because he sat him in an important series or, or something like that? Yeah, he, hasn't, he doesn't get along with Girardi, by the way. No. But there are two players who have been dormant most of the year. One is Ellsbury in the American League, and the other guy who I just picked up, this is my gut feeling after watching baseball for 85 years, uh, Jose Peraza. Remember how valuable he was at the drafts this year? To he us, has been, but a lot of people To just, everybody. No. 40 steals, he hit 300 last year. Oh, he was I'm going tell- really early, yeah. Yeah, he was. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I picked him up because I got a gut feeling that he'll have his, you know, like I said before, almost every player has a moment in the sun. There, maybe it's a two-week run, a three-week run. Most of the players get hot. I think it's going to be Peraza and Ellsbury. Those are my two. You know that um, sandwich press and waffle maker that I got that was Yankees, but I couldn't pass it up at the store because it was too... Yes, I remember. Even oh, though... it's fantastic. It's the greatest thing I've, I've ever received. I sent it to Lou. 
Oh, very good. Okay. And so I Lou, make Yankees grilled cheese at almost every day. That's so lovely. I, you know what? That's right. That's right, Lenny. I okay. sent it. Well, I just it. wanted to share because it's too cool of a story. I think it's great. Uh-huh. Okay. That's true. I, I did make some waffles on it. I made – or whatever it was. I think I made some pancakes with it, and I just – you know, I, I, uh, having Yankees on my food is not – it's Why don't make, you send them the ice cream that you bought last night? I can't eat that stuff anymore. Wh- why? I can't. I'm telling you, I got to lose about 20 more pounds, and I'm. I don't. I'm okay, first of all, we don't even buy ice cream. We buy yogurt. We, Whatever. Okay. So it's just much better for you and gluten-free cones. Maybe that's why he doesn't like it then. <laughs> Maybe. I like it. That's the problem. Get it out of here. Send it to Lou. <laughs> okay. Any questions in the chat room? We have. Mark's girlfriend coming over for barbecued steaks, New York steaks that I put in the marinade. Well, Leonard Donaldson has a question. Any thoughts on this? He says, head-to-head categories, bullpens made up of O. Ramos Davinsky. Davinsky, by the way, can't get it oh, out. Oh, God. Uh, he dropped O. Have an offer of Chapman for Quintana. Uh, is it a no-brainer or I'm missing something? Well, what do you, you guys think? Here's what you have to tell us. You're going to get Chapman for Quintana. Giving up Quintana, but you didn't say where you stand in start, in wins, and in Ks. You can't that that four saves for that matter. So if you need, obviously his bullpen is in dire need of some help. He's got Davinsky and O. He dropped O. He still had you got to drop Davinsky too because he's been horrible. I would rather have a guy like Chad Green in my bullpen who might, you know, Davinsky has just had he flopped out big time. So. Um, well, welcome to gluten-free baseball. <laughs> Could I tell the that's story? That's the best. Okay, that's the best. So I, you can tell I, a story. No. Leonard is no, talking. It's a little one. Leonard's answered our question. But it, yes, but it will absolutely put it in a nutshell. Uh, at this time of the year, uh, a number of years ago, when Albert Pujols was just uh, you know making his entry into, he was the the talk of the town. I traded Albert Pujols straight up for Chone Figgins. The commissioner voided out the deal until I showed him that if I get Chone Figgins, I win the league. I had plenty of home runs, plenty of RBIs. I desperately needed stolen bases, and he finally put the deal through, and I won the league. But that's what we're up against now. Put a blindfold. Don't, don't look at the names. Look at the categories. That's what he's well, so he's he playing head to head. Yeah. Every week it starts over. Yeah. He's playing head to head, so it doesn't it's not like Roto where you know it depends who you have to get the categories you need on head to head. AJ Ramos is working yeah. as the closer. He is your only closer. At this point, this is your only closer. So this is what yeah. we're talking about here. You got oh, you dropped him. Davinsky can't get a save if it saved his life. Okay. And then you got Ramos, who is the closer as we speak, but when Familius comes back, or if he does come back, I'm afraid that he is not going to be the closer anymore. So basically you have like a, an iffy closer. If you get Chapman, you're going to I, – what I would do is I would take a look at my coming up weeks and see who I'm playing against. If these guys have closers, if they, are, if they have like four closers already on their team and you have to go facing them, you are not going to do crap with Chapman alone. So if the guy has like six or seven starters, I would probably be the kind of guy that tries to just – plug in a bunch of relief pitchers to keep my ERA and my whip down, and then absolutely get Chapman to give me a few saves. I think it depends on the matchups coming up here. What do you think? Is that Does that make sense, Lou? 
That makes a lot of sense, actually. I was going to say you're stealing something from the, what the fantasy football players do when they start looking at strength and schedule come fantasy football playoffs. I think that's a really smart move, actually. Um, it's all really dependent on who you're going up against at this point. He's got Paxton, Jamison Tyon, who can't even win on the road anymore. Used to be good on the road and stunk at home. Well, he's Berrios is falling off. He's a yeah. Rossberg's he's still out. Um, I would keep. I con- like Faria. I like Paxton. I don't know if I absolutely Paxton's fine, but you know this is all. These are not the strongest pitchers that you can hope for. Paxton's having a great season. He's the best of the crew, but Paxton's never had a full season, and who knows if he's going to be able to make it through. He's he's pitched over his limit as far as I'm concerned already. He is definitely not an experienced starter. He's always supposed to be getting full-time innings, but he never has, right, Lenny? Who, Paxton? Yeah. Yeah, he's pitching now on a regular basis. He's looking pretty good. Seattle's trying to make a push for the uh, playoffs. My so. question was, do you think yeah. that he's going to be able to make it because the most he's ever pitched in a season is like 120 oh. innings, and he's at yeah. one... I think I think look he's going to he get out he, right now, Andy. One thirteen. They're oh, going to put him out fine. there. He's they're fine. Play, they, they're they not, let him go thirty to forty innings above what they did last yeah. year. They're not pulling a Steven Strasburg. Let's put it that way. Right, I agree. If he can, if he definitely, but I, I don't know. I Quintana is a pretty reliable source at this point to get you. Who's, who's the closer for Minnesota now? Because why not go out and get one of those? guys who like i know like i saw blake trinan available in in league yeah, yeah blake trinan you can um, get um Vic Visciano. Other, might be low end yeah there might be low end closer options and yeah. you don't have to trade matt belisle got the save yesterday for minnesota and i don't know who else is going to get the saves in minnesota say, i would pick him it's up it's going to be by by committee but i mean when a guy goes out and gets a save you got to figure they're going to yeah. put him back in there again Matt Belisle or and Taylor Rogers was the other name, but he's a lefty, so I would say Matt Belisle's so, gonna get a chance to close. Donaldson, if Matt Belisle is available, you should pick him up. If the any of these other couple of guys that we mentioned, which is Viscayano and Trianon, if either of them are available, grab them really quick. And then if you do have them, then I would add Arolas Chapman. He is gonna be solid, I think. I thought he was hurt for a little while. I thought he was nursing his uh, problems in his neck. I. I don't know what what he had, but he definitely had some issues. He, I think he came back from the DL too early, but he seems to be over that by now. I don't know. That's a hard one. That's going to depend on the rest of personally, the league. Personally, I think your, your best move, Leonard, would be keep Quintana because I think you need another quality starter there and go after saves in the waiver wire. Um, because if you can get the saves you need and still keep Quintana, that's, that's the best course of action. Of course, if the saves aren't out there, and you really do need the saves, then we're talking something different, and the trade wouldn't be a bad move. Okay, so uh, Leonard Donaldson. Yes. No, this Leonard oh. says that he's going to give up Quintana for Chapman. He seems to get Quintana in every league uh, in really low rounds. He thinks that he's under uh, underrated. But So is this a keeper league? I, I wonder if this is a keeper league. Are there head-to-head keeper leagues? Is that I, I, I've never played in a head-to-head keeper league, only Roto. So yeah. I don't know. I used to play in one that was like a four-keeper head-to-head type league. Um, I don't play in it anymore, but I used to. It, it was all right. I prefer Roto for keepers, though. All right, that's it. Vulgar, vulgar donkey. Keeping it under wraps here. Keeping the language fresh. 
So everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. Lou, we're still getting practice. Eventually we're going to have a a good show, but, you know, practice makes perfect. So Lenny, thanks for coming on today, and thanks for the questions in the chat. Okay, I enjoyed the winker. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Mr. Winker. (laughs) 